Welcome back to an all-new installment of Super Metal Brothers here, here on the old podcast. I am Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. We're here to talk to you about all things metal. We're going to be doing some headline stories. We're going to talk about an actual featured presentation today about the new, I guess you would call it the Legion of Metal Music Festival Doom, Danny? Yeah, I don't know about a Doom part, but definitely about uh, the new way of doing a I guess bands that make money and bands to go out there and perform on, in concerts. That's right. And finally, also, we're going to be reviewing the latest offering from Baby Metal called Metal Resistance. But first, let's talk headlines. Danny, what a week it's been for our metal news. Actually, it's been a lot. We've actually had a cut back for once. So we um, so be impressed and be filled with all this knowledge at once. I hope you're sitting down for this segment because there's a lot to get through. Well, luckily, we are sitting down. So let's go take it off. Corey Taylor. Now, if you don't know who Corey Taylor is, lead singer for the band Slipknot. You get the overalls, you got the mask, you got Slipknot. Now, the poor bloke has to go through spinal sp- uh, surgery, so postponing the first couple of weeks on the show they're doing with Marlon Manson, Danny. This isn't the first time we've heard of metal bands or metal individuals getting injured. No, it's actually, I think it's coming quite a bit now. I mean, of course, you had um, the guy from Megadeth, he had his wrist injury. I forget his idea. That's okay. right. And then the big one, I guess, is Corpse Grinder had the whole neck problem as well. So Corpse Grinder is the guy from uh, Cannibal Corpse. So, so, so all these injuries at the moment, I guess, uh, there must be a way to prevent, help prevent these uh, injuries, man. What do, you reckon, what do you recommend? Well, far be it from us to like not give our wisdom of knowledge to these metalheads. You know, we want to be a uh, podcast that has solutions rather than problems. So metal yoga. Daniel, have you heard of this before? It's heavy metal yoga. Yeah, I thought that's what we do anyway when we like go moshing around in our bedrooms and I f- keep slipping on the floor and doing my knee in. No. That's, a, that's well, another appara- story. Apparently, what you need to do, and this is founder Kim Massey, they've called it Black Yoga Meditation Ensemble in the States. And literally, if you've seen yoga before, you know, it's guys doing very exotic sexual poses on top of mats that have probably been used by at least 30 other people before you. But the more important thing is this is done with neon lights uh, black metal music and uh, yeah, a lot of cool people. Yeah, I, I don't know how you really can control your breathing. I get pretty excited when I listen to metal, but I think to be fair, they've actually gone the whole way with it. And they've actually renamed certain famous poses in yoga to uh, reflect the uh, music they're playing. Yeah, well, it was funny because the founder, I was actually reading an article on her and she was saying how she loved doing yoga, but she just couldn't stand the music to it. And like, bless her heart. I probably couldn't either, but this uh, black yoga sounds right down my alley, Danny. Yeah, I mean, it's, it could be a tribe if it comes here in um, Australia. I mean, there's no fight. You can just do it yourself. Put your favorite music on and just lean over to grab a pack of chips. I guess that counts as yoga. Oh, I do yoga all the time on Friday night. With uh, I'm so glad they brought back those barbecue shapes because I'm telling you right now, my Friday nights have been this, never been the same. Oh, yeah, even trying to open up packets of like iced coffees and stuff, that, that is really tricky. That is, that is a yoga exercise in itself. We're talking from being happy to talking about yoga and all those cool things. Uh, and hopefully, I'll quote you, you get better. Uh, Napalm Records have actually added another big band to their ranks with Altered Bridge. Danny, do you know much about Altered Bridge? Well, I'm, look, I'm surprised I haven't because, you know, I, as you all know, I'm a massive Ronnie James Dio fan. So when, when I heard that Napalm Records were very excited about signing Altered Bridge, they said, look, uh, Alter Bridge is like a leading band great songs great vocals great riffs in fact their singer is uh, pretty much the reincarnation of Ray James Dio that's right when they came out and I'm quoting this exact from the article layered with bone chilling vocals that rival powerhouses such as Lane Stanley uh, and Ronnie James Dio Danny I don't think Bill Clinton lied big enough about his infidelities to the American population I mean this is like a top three yeah not buying it 
Yeah, I mean, I, I just feel sorry for that poor family that ran through this red light to actually go home to listen to these guys on YouTube and just really for nothing. This guy yeah. does not sound like Ronnie James Dio. He doesn't. Like, you know, you could have said Eddie Vedder or you could have said some other guy from the States or New Jersey, but Ronnie James Dio, that's almost disrespectful. It's like spitting on his grave. Oh, it's, it's it's just terrible. I mean, I mean, there's lying and there's lying. I mean, like, you can lie, but then this is just this is. I don't stupid. know. Maybe maybe Napalm Records haven't actually heard Ronnie James Dio. To be fair to him, you know, and even then, it's just burying himself further in a grave. But congratulations to Alter Bridge, to another success for it with Alyssa White Gluz. Uh, now, Danny. Do you know who Alyssa White Gluz is? Gluz? Gluz. Uh, I think that's correct. I'd like to buy a vow. Well, unfortunately, here at the Super Metal Brothers, we do Super Metal jokes, but also super bad pronunciations. Yeah, I reckon. Lucky we haven't got any like <laughs> Eastern European names yet, so we'll, we'll the, stick away from that. The lead singer from Arch Enemy X, the agonist, as some people know her, uh, is playing a serial killer in a new season of American Murder Song, not American Horror Story. It, apparently, it's similar, but this has a more singing in it. Yeah, I think from what I could gather, it's still quite new quite fresh they're still just piecing together or dripping out a bit of information at a time it's just pretty much like a musical where I think I guess they're going to get famous musicians to sing or play certain people and just record it so yeah. Yeah, it could be an interesting uh, way of uh, writing now oh she'll be loving it I mean she took a plunge with the uh, agonist you know they were doing quite uh, doing quite okay for themselves in the probably cult metal scene I'd imagine Arch Enemy obviously very massive and now she's doing her dipping her toes in acting and she is the first female serial killer on this series so all congratulations to her some big news coming out of the metal camps these days it looks like metal heavy metal is getting into the mainstream yeah no, it's good to see uh, yeah more power to them well, it's funny that because this next story pretty much ties into it. Uh, there's a major fashion magazine called uh, Bazaar Danny. This is a metal. This is actually just a normal fashion, but it's a high-end magazine, mm. and they're calling heavy metal shirts "Look of the Summer." Well, I can't see where they come from because we all know that black is always fashionable, That's and right. the metalhead's number one fashion icon is the uh, black shirt. So yeah, we we are lead, we are, we're continuously leading the uh, fashion. Fashion, I don't know, bourgeoisie or fashion isters out there. So it's, it's about time they just really just cut through that. And so like, yes, metal shirts are yeah. the fashion. But that's the thing I got about with metal fashion. I mean, me personally, I can't afford luxuries like clothes or food. So I normally just grab a metal band shirt, a pair of jeans which came from the Salvos, and eat my ramen noodles. And that edge now apparently is forward thinking. And to quote their magazine. Uh, Bansy is a remix with an edgy style. Um, did you never thought with this forward thinking, Danny? Uh, nah. I don't think most <laughs> metalheads think forwardly. That's why we just keep going. That's why we keep headbanging. It's always back and forth, back and forth. We never actually progress anywhere. Well, the irony is that we, uh, for me, I would spend more than 3 bucks fifty for an outfit. Yeah. But now there's these major retailers who are charging astronomical prices for band T-shirts and leather jackets with uh, that have been sewn on patches. It's almost like gone full circle on us. Yeah, it's great. I mean, we, we were always looked down upon for what we wear. Now, certain areas in, I guess, Europe, wherever Bazaar is popular, just go around down the street. You'll be you'll be getting to all the high totty places in Paris and in France and down Milan. People will be, people will be falling at your feet asking yeah. you for advice. So, yeah, it's a good time. <gasps> Danny! Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, man. Great news! Really? What? Metallica have a new release this summer. So, anyway, we were discussing about the uh, Guns N' Roses are... Uh, 
Yeah, I'm always happy about Guns N' Roses. What's happening with them, Axl yeah, Rose? Yeah, well, Axl Rose now, we might have been wrong. Last week, we were putting over Axl Rose because he wasn't really that bad. You know, we heard him play live with uh, Guns, uh, sorry, Guns N' Roses, my apologies, with ACDC and doing an okay job, but we might be wrong on this, Danny. Well, haters are going to hate. Oh, you know, here we go. If you don't know, Dave, sorry, the, the lead singer from Deserved has come out and saying that Axel Rose is doing a great job. Now, far from us to say it, but um, we might actually be wrong. Maybe maybe he is a bad singer. Yeah, well, to be fair, I don't know. The, the surf from at the moment has made his most success recently doing cover songs, and Axel Rose is pretty much be a cover singer at the moment. So maybe there is a bit of a... Maybe the guy's just trying to get his back and maybe disturb the... Just trying to say, yeah, it's cool if most of our, our best-known songs are cover songs. So. Yeah, yeah, The Sound of Silence. If you haven't heard it, they've got a song called The Sound of Silence, but Nevermore did it before them and did a far better job. They're amazing. But, you know, Axel Rose just keeps putting himself in the media. He's We don't sign any more autographs, and he wants all fat memes of him removed from the internet. My favorites being, oh, oh, sweet pile of pies, and welcome to the kitchen, baby. You're going to make pies. Have you had any of those, Danny? No, I'm not, man. I'm not that, I'm not that cool, man. Yeah, well, unfortunately for Axelrod, he just keeps putting himself in the media for all the wrong reasons, but all all the best because we've actually heard that our lead singer, Brian Johnson, might be coming uh, back before we know it. Yeah, apparently uh, Brian Johnson has been hearing the hearing doctor speak, and apparently there's good news with uh, there might be a, a device which can help him get back onto the stage. Yeah. Which actually timing is so coincidental that at the same time he says his hearing's becoming better, he can go back on stage. Is the same time Guns N' Roses are promising a world tour. So it wouldn't be really amazing that Axl Rose sings for ACDC and get Brian Johnson to sing for Guns N' Roses. I mean, that would be the massive switch. That would would make my head explode. But um, uh, onto further news, um, Meshuggah, the juggernauts of Groove Slash, incredibly crushing metal, you could call it. They've actually got a 25 years of musical defiance box set to uh, showcase what they have done over the uh, upcoming half of 50 years. <laughs> yeah, a quarter of a century, I guess. It's, it is a milestone a for, uh, for a band, which is quite quite different from, I guess you could say, mainstream or for most metal at the time. They've to, um, come out and be that successful and still keep going strong and keep redefining themselves and making new sounds. It's, it's, quite, it's very impressive, and they deserve uh, their success. Influ- uh, Meshuggah are one of the most influential metal bands of our current generation. They have inspired a whole entire new genre of metal as well, as well as showing how to make production really work for them. They've just basically been doing a very similar thing over the last couple of albums, but they just increase the production levels to make it seem even more crushing and even more of an absorbing experience for the listener. Yeah, no, that's true, man. So, um, all the power to him, and hopefully there's another 25 years to come. So, speaking, I guess, about longevity. Uh, oh, can you believe this? The, I guess you could call these guys the legendary, the always reveled, and nothing ever special, Deep Purple. Yeah, I'm standing up for this. I'm standing up right now. Go Danny, down. hand on chest. Keep this isn't about. just the band who wrote Smoke on the Water. We're talking Black Knight. We're talking the Fireball album. Danny, what else can they be a tribute to? Oh, just songs like Perfect Strangers, Child in Time, uh, pretty much anything from Machine Head, the album is fantastic. They, now, yep. for, I guess for all you younger guys, you might know who Deep Purple is, and that's fine. You know, you just completely missed out on the inspiration for all the bands we love today. They're releasing their 20th album. That is phenomenal. Unfortunately for these guys, they're probably playing to the same crowd they played to 20 years ago. It looks like they've fallen out with the general public. Yeah, it's true. I've, I've gone to at least three or four Deep Purple uh, concerts in my time, and... 
it's 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 getting um smaller because the uh, crowd base is uh I don't say dying out, let's say retiring from their music experiences. And I think Deep Purple themselves they mentioned that they're finding it hard to um uh, connect with the younger crowd and that's just how it is. They they they're now they're just doing pretty soft type rock and I guess people don't really want to hear that these days. Yeah. But to finish it off on a positive note, and we'll leave this one as our last news story for today, Knee of Lazarus. Oh, God. I, I'm Lucius? I'm Lucius? Knee. Yeah, Knee Alphabet. Knee Alphabet. A headlining. If you don't know who Knee of Alphabet are, they're actually a Sydney band, I imagine. Melbourne. Melbourne. Sorry, they're a Melbourne band. And for basically a band that has a violinist and growl vocals, they're actually doing their first headline tour mm. of the USA. Now, they've done support bands, but this is like no mean feat to actually do a headline tour of the States. It's great to see Australian bands making their way out there, and there's a lot of talent down here. So, I mean, this guy here, he's, he's the lead uh, songwriter for this bloke is a, is a freak. I think he was in a Melbourne Conservatorium. He, write, he writes all the... Or yeah, the arrangement, or orchestral arrangements, or, yeah. yeah. So, he's, he's, he's definitely got the ability, and even be credit to one of the other members of the band quit their job as a train driver or something, makes $150,000 a year, gave it up so he can continue his passion for metal. So yeah, keep it metal. Much props, mate. Much props. Keep it real, guys. We are supporting you. Super Metal Brother Matt here is definitely on the bandwagon, so get on that, everybody. Or if on you the train carriage. Oh, oh, clever. Next segment. <laughs> so a lot of you guys might be wondering to yourself, we have seen the metal in the public eye, especially with the festivals. Now, completely come to a crashing halt with our only salvation being the Soundwave festivals that were once a year in March. Always be a smoking hot day, but always providing lots and lots of opportunities for metal bands who are not only just making themselves, but those massive bands that we're never, ever going to have a chance to sing before. Unfortunately for us, Danny, Soundwave is gone. Who's there to pick up the slack? Well, unfortunately, not really much at the moment. I mean, we just... Haven't seen much or heard much of late. I guess the problem as well with Soundwave going is that uh, Madden there did a bit of damage to the uh, trust of um, international acts and international promoters. So Yeah, it's pretty much like what happened in The Simpsons. It's like when um, Bar goes to the bank and it's like, um, oh, maybe Perez got your money. Insolvent, we got money for the next three customers. <laughs> and then the guy's like, oh, I don't have your money. It's at Bill's house and it's Fred House. Well, he did the exact same thing. He's like, I don't have your money. Venutex has your money. Then he has your money. And like, hey, what are you doing with my money, Venutex? <laughs> <laughs> so it just, it just seems like now, like what Dan was saying, the reputation is tarnished and it's resulted as a crowdfunding, the next evolution now to hopefully reinstall uh, the festivals back in Australia is Legion. Danny, what's Legion? Legion. Legion. Legion, uh, Legion I guess, is, uh, put it simply, is, is it is a crowdfunding campaign. They, I mean, they try to start it pretty much as soon as Soundwave crashed and burned last year. And that was always going to be problematic to squeeze in something completely new and, to, and try to just I guess fit in as soon as they can to like the start of this year and you know people being burned still trying to get their money back for their last tickets it, it was a bit too soon last year but look at least they've committed to now raising money set a date set a target which I believe they've achieved so it's just a bunch of um, Australian guys I don't know who they are sorry they've just decided to have, host this event get the people to raise money for because the people are the ones who end up going there and want to go see the, the bands play so it's actually um, a people-funded music festival. Yeah, it's kind of funny because what they're doing, obviously the East Coast now have so far 16 bands that are looked to be playing at hopefully around January. 
with hopefully more bands being announced very soon enough. But for Adelaide and Perth, only two bands with possibly one other located slot for a uh, interstate band, you could say, or Australian uh, band. So, is this a possibility? Do you see this crashing and burning, Danny? Or is this the next face of you getting your lovely mug out there singing covers of Rainbow Songs? Oh, that would never happen. My, the, only, the only time you've seen me sing... Well, Legion's never going to happen. <laughs> oh, yeah, me singing Rainbow, man. I would do it everywhere. Just just look at my bathroom. Oh, yeah, Would you absolutely. please? I need some affection. <laughs> but the problem with it, look, the Legion, oh, look, I hope it succeeds. I hope it does well. Only problem I can see at the moment is that when you have so many people who put their money into a festival, you have so many people who want to hear their own bands or their own styles in that festival. So... It's really hard to keep everybody entertained and everybody uh, amused and get grant everybody their wishes that it could be tricky trying to pick the 16 bands that they're saying is going to happen in the Eastern States and only two in Adelaide and Perth because you might just lose um, that uh, crowdfunding support come next year because yeah. once, you know, on the why would I give money? Look, there are no people out there and they want to give money because they want to see succeed but unfortunately, Finding ability in this day and age is, is, is quite hard to come by. So I just think that that was probably one of the things I can see at the, at the moment, which is a problem. It's tricky because we've seen like over just, they've asked for $327,000 and they got that amount just over. So what we were praying for is that this is enough to get people excited, buying tickets, and hopefully we can see some big names come down rather than maybe we might just see a local representation, you know, as a Australian best of kind of thing. But hopefully that won't scare people off because I know Australia loves to see the big bands. Hey, Danny. Oh, absolutely. Um, we had Maiden at one of these Soundways and there was a monster amount of people here in Adelaide. Metallica came, sold out Soundways like that. It's unfortunately... You need the big bands to get the people along. Otherwise, sometimes you don't really get that support. Because you have a lot of people who are, like, who are borderline metalheads, we'll call them. You know, the guys who wear Maiden Metallica shirts only. And yeah, they love the Master uh, of Puppets album, the Black album. But, uh, yeah, don't get, don't get them talking about, you know, anything from Justice. Because they'll be like, yeah, what? Yeah, there's metal before 1994 or whatever. <laughs> so that's amazing, yeah. So we want to know what you got to have to think about this, guys. You know, is Legion Metal Music Festival here to stay or will this be another flash in the pan and will we have to resort in going back to the Rundle Mall and just busking our way in front of our grandma and a couple of frustrated customers? Yeah, I think there's a, there are a couple other ways metal bands can make music, uh, make, so make money, not sound, not, um, uh, was it Spotify? Oh, not Spotify, not no. Not Spotify, unless you, was it stream a million of your songs, the only way you'll see a dollar, so... Ignore Spotify for you've banned people out there. But, yeah. I mean, there's a couple ways you can make money as a metal band. Uh, we don't know what it is yet. Well, he, he, the one I could think of which could work is, you know, when you see the news and you see car crashes, I think you could do soundtracks to car crashes. That's that, right. That would be pretty exciting. You can make, like, anything. You can make trailers to movies. You can make trailers to weather commercials. You can make oh, trailers fantastic. to weather. Just kind of stand outside in a cyclone and just be like, get the pit gone. Yeah, I mean, like, even, like, when you're lying, you have to buy a coffee and the guy in front of you is ordering, like, a 20-word long coffee you just have some like metal in the background like putting you in that nice happy place before you grab his head and oh, ram it into the it. counter yeah and just, just uh, go along those feelings so there you go guys legion metal music festival here to stay or is it going to go just as quickly as it came on to our review of baby metals metal resistance our feature presentation about a review of our well, one of your favorite bands out there danny let's talk baby metal 
Well, for those who don't know, what baby medal is that when a mummy medal and a daddy medal get together, they get rid of You get a baby medal. <laughs> and the metal pelican comes. And you but is this the sort of kid oh, that sorry. you want to take to soccer practice, or the kid you want to leave outside the street to fetch his own ice cream? What is this baby medal <laughs> to you, Danny? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, let's so, break it yeah. down. Yeah, because yeah, I know metal, baby have so many things, um, especially in this album. You hear, I mean, they're their own entity. Yeah. I mean, so like, let's, you, let's, you can't describe it apart from, but we'll try. We're gonna do it with our top five tier ways of reviewing. This has been peer research. Uh, people over the board have looked at it and said, "It's what are you doing in my house?" But we're here to review the city anyway. So we got riffs, vocals, diversity, groove, and production. These are the five things that we review all of our awesome CDs that we get on. So let's talk riffs standing on this album. Baby Metals, Metal Resistance, what were the riffs like? Oh, look, again, I won't say diversity yet, but... Oh, you just <laughs> said it! Now I need to get the oh, riffs again! Man, oh, my gotta, God. oh, we should just... We should call, everything should be called diversity. That should be just five groups, diversity, diversity, diversity. Oh, my God, Danny. Anyway, riffs, yes. This riff, this, this album does have their money riffs in there. Ones where you can literally crank up the CD, crank up the music or your MIDI file or your... USB stick, whatever you kids are listening to these days, and just literally like headbang to it. So you, you yeah. do have really good riffs in a lot, of, in pretty much a lot of their songs. Yeah, there's a lot of riffs, and there's a good reason for that. But we're going to touch on that towards the end. Why there are so many different styles of variations to the riffs. But what you do get is you get your Dragon Force inspired riffs. You get your Dream Theater inspired metal riffs with progressive sections and keyboard slash guitar interlude solos that would make me cry for not practicing enough even though I've been doing it for 15 years and apparently that's not enough hours in a day to do that. You know, just stuff like that. To the ballad of all things with one of my favorites. Uh, songs called No Rain- No Rainbows. So, yeah, riffs are not a problem on this album, Danny. Yeah, I mean, you have in the breakdowns in there as well, which um, can help out and give a bit of a nice sound when they transfer from their you know, soft, sweetly sung choruses and they come back in and they just go full hammer and tongs with it. That's right. Like You like riffs from bands like, like Death Bell bands like Monomast and Crafts Faith. Yeah, this album's got it. Yeah, you like riffs from Progressive Metal. Again, this album's got it. Literally... If you like anything that's funny enough in the mainstream of music right now, this album has it. Mm. It does. It literally is picked apart the best parts of songs and just stuck them in and create their own songs around it. So we'll give we're gonna have we have to give Riffs a, a tick for sure for now. Yeah. But we're going to move to the next uh, category, and this is the most polarizing thing about baby metal that fans are going to love. Or hate. Now, we're not going to say that you're a racist or a bigot for not liking these vocals. Hell, to this very day, very day Warrell Dane, for some people, just a, is this a no-fly zone? I cannot stand yeah. James Labrie. Or King Diamond. Or King, sorry, King that, Diamond that's not a falsetto. That's not so, a falsetto. Let's talk about the vocals of Baby Metal. Danny, what do the vocals do for you? Well, unfortunately, they do not help me in my quest for complete satisfaction in music. It's... Well, they stay look they they start off well and sometimes the the singing does help a song like you're saying with the um like a moray for example they like move through this whole entire passage uh, about the first third of the song and they're moving through these key changes effortlessly and the hop high registers on songs like Rose of Resistance is yeah that's true and even like that whole Meditaro song which is kind of like the old um grab your beer mug and swing along top of oh that's right Blind it's like, Guardian it's like if a Viking came into your house and like took a beer with you but then like beat up your missus but you'd be happy because you know free beer right but it really is that isn't it yeah it's just uh, 
the way and even the way it, it's sung it just sounds too karaoke like the girls they hit their notes and that's great but that's all they do with a note is just hit it they don't put any vibrato in it or any like emotion into it they don't make their own little endings to all the notes or they don't tie in stuff it's just it just seems like it's just too produced and too karaoke yeah and you start to see why again when we're going to touch on this at the end of it to, to give you a whole entire context and sense of it so the language barrier isn't a problem it's yeah. the style and delivery which for some people might just scare them away especially the traditional metalheads and because they do do songs like for example Sis Anger which is a straightforward metal song yeah. when you hear yeah. it you just go like oh that could really do with some meaty growls or some shrieks singing from the cold depths of Norway or yeah. your mum's basement yeah <laughs> All right, settle down. <laughs> I think I think the interesting, actually, I mean, one of the let's say controversial parts of the vocals that sometimes a vocal can help uh, help a song out or add to it. I think the problem because the, the girls are softly spoken, their tones a sweet tone. In fact, it, it kind of inhibits the writing of these songs. They they can't go um, like with more power, more ferocity when it comes to the chorus. Or uh, it, they have to re- the, the the verse and the bridges. So they're the heavy parts. The choruses have to break down. Because otherwise, you just it won't match. Now they got some memorable moments. Don't get oh, me they wrong. Do. They've got this like the chorus from Karate is amazing, right? Um, the the performance they give on No Rain No Rainbow is incredibly beautiful. But then the what I'm talking about is songs that, and you can agree with me on this, Danny. Sis Anger. This is not a song for baby metal. No, oh, that's terrible. Oh, and it's the vocal style they do. It it, it really is. There's no way you can make that attitude from that kind of presentation and it really fails to draw me across. So you need to check that song out to really know what we're talking about, but there's just no way a riff like that it does any justice apart from that though it really is like like listening to an anime from your favorite megazords really fighting it out with these really cool schoolgirls singing over some death metal things yeah, it's like sailor moon you yeah. know like after hours yeah. yeah if you listen if you wanted to listen to the perfect soundtrack to sailor moon in your pjs baby metal yeah no yeah that, that sounds fine so yeah. with riffs and vocals being well riffs being a tick and vocals obviously being a not a, a resounding unfortunately no Diversity. Danny's favorite word to use on the mm. Super Metal podcast. What does this album do for you, Danny? There is a lot of it. Oh. I mean, diversity, <laughs> not just in that name, but who they are themselves. I mean, the Baby Metal band is, is such a unique creation of musicians with three lead female singers and just dudes wearing interesting clothing in the background. Yes. And this Yeah, this album's got everything. It's got literally anything from drum and bass to heavy riffs to punk songs to, to pop choruses. Danny, is there an, is there a market that, funny enough, this doesn't attract to, but then also doesn't really grab on? What is this? Why is this diversity here for? I don't know, it's got everything. It's got like even uh, a, a ballad there as well, like pretty much like a power yeah. ballad. It's got a bit of like jazz sounds or the um yeah uh, I can't remember the called come on, like cabaret feel to one of their songs. I think that Yava song yeah has that feel to it. So it's actually quite amazing. Every song is there to hit a different market, and even That's the last right. song, the one, is all sung in English. And it's supposed to be that like big, powerful ending song with like the anthem. They like, all sing up and like, yeah, I'm inspired to be a better person, but I won't be because the song finishes at 30 minutes and one well, five minutes and I'm yeah. Out of the so the diversity for me comes under like the album is a fun listen. So everything, mm. the best thing I can say is it is a fun listen. The tracks are very diverse. The riffs are very diverse. But again, I'm going to tease you with that. At the end of this review, we're going to tell you why it is. So let's move on. Diversity gets a tick, right? Yeah, I mean, you can hear probably five different bands in there. 
if so, you, if you ha- if you have a different band and you, but you don't want to hear their songs again, you can just hear this album. and You probably hear your band playing in it. All right. Well, now we're going to talk about the the groove aspect. Mm. Does this album make you feel something? As a metalhead that I'm, Super Metal Brother Matt, and I've seen Super Metal Brother Dan, we hear a good song, something moves. It might be our neck or our face or our you know little man downstairs. Um, it could be any one of those Dude, things. John, yeah. Oh, John's great, man. Yeah, no, he moves too much, that guy. Yeah, but he touches my penis too much, so it's really annoying. Oh, uh, yes. Well, he's little. What do you expect? He can't, <laughs> he only, that's all he can reach up to. Damn, John. So, Danny, the album, does it groove for you? Yes. Uh, there's parts in there where they got nice uh, chunky guitar riffs and a nice drum sounds, and they, they break it up with nice industrial sounds as well. So, they, they keep the um, flow of the songs going and... Even when they do break it in with the um, the singing or they a bit more uh, mellow with their music, it, it still has a nice feel to their songs. I do I do like the way the songs are put together. Yeah, I, f- I would get the thing that they don't the songs even when they're metal don't really pump me up though. I don't really get that that need to drive myself, you know, to ask for that promotion at work or to get courage to ask little Tiffany out to a coffee. <laughs> wait, wait, wait. Um, <laughs> don't say that. Oh, you part. mean? Oh, uh, sorry, big, Tiffany. Big uh, old Tiffany. She's yeah. older now. I'm sorry, but. That's the thing you need to understand for me is that as a metalhead, I get that when this song's on, it is on, but it's most strongest when it has something memorable to offer, mm. like a great chorus or a catchy riff or a amazingly beautiful piano solo. Yeah. But I, the groove aspect, I, apart from having a lot of fun with the album, mm. I didn't necessarily feel compelled to feel excited by it either. Yeah, I mean, that's that's true. You're right. There are parts of each song where they they get you in there, like yeah, this is this is the part I want to hear. Um, but yeah, and the problem as well is those those parts of the songs that don't really hold for long. Like the best example was Yava, where they've got like a really heavy uh, breakdown, a really groovy part right in the middle of it. It goes for like ten seconds, eight bars, whatever it is, yeah. and that's it. And then a little bit at the end, but you're like, nah, there's there's more to that. It's just. Yeah, killer tracks like Karate, for example, which have mm. that really cool Dream Theaterish kind of bendy verse with some of those really cool tremolo, fast picking kind of stuff. But the chorus is like amazingly catchy. It's everything's put in the right place. You know, it's so rhythmical and beautiful. And there's all these trade offs. Back to a heavy riff. Back to the singing. Back to you know all all that formulaic stuff, which works incredibly well in pop music. But um, yeah, it's a tough one. It's a tough one being a I guess I'm more of a traditional metalhead myself, but. That's hard. It's a hard one to judge that groove one, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, it's a track by track part, and I guess because the, all their tracks are completely different, it's that's why. So it depends what you really like and what you really, what really makes you feel and what really makes you groove is what part of the album you're really gonna like. So to, f- to finish up the the, the five tier system, we have production. I guess now, Danny, we can inform the listener today who has been so patiently waiting for the last five minutes to oh, see man. why we are always stalling about why this album has that diversity or has yeah. that different feel. And it comes down to who wrote it. Yeah, yeah question is who wrote and it. The, and the and the greatest greater question is how many people wrote this album, Danny. Yeah, it's actually um, it's funny because when you when you hear the album, you just you hear the the songs are so not they're so different, but there's like so unique. Uh, there's probably about four or five different unique sounds to the album. So you you have like a lot of Dragon Force inspired things. There's like two songs which literally the first song Road to Resistance sounds. I think I've tra- I've actually learned a little bit of Japanese. Yeah. I translated the lyrics. <laughs> And the lyrics actually go through the fire and the flames will carry oh, on. Oh, so it is a karaoke that's song. Amazing. It's amazing. It literally is like, yeah. So yeah, exactly. Have, yeah. Um, like songs like The One and Towers of Destiny sound like Dream Theater and like songs like 
Sis Angus sound like a, a Keith Merrow song. For those who don't know who that is, it's like one of the guys who helped invent Gen. Don't listen to Periphery. They were helped, but Keith Merrow is like the shizzle manizzle with mushroom sauce izzle. Yeah. So who wrote this album, Danny? Are, there are too many names to count. Mm. Which in question as a metalhead raises flags because this baby metal album isn't exactly one written by a band. This is an album written by a company. Yeah, it's it's one of those things where we like to have that on pop music because like, you know, someone like Beyonce would have like 10 different writers for just one song only. And we're like, man, you can't even write your own songs. How can you feel your own songs? It's, right. it's just, you, where, where where's your connection to your music? For example, this one would have one person that would write lyrics or another person that might do the music. Another person might do the arranging. Another person might do a solo. Another person might do the mixing and the mastering. Mm. And all of a sudden you see all these cooks come in and the diversity the vocal uh, presentation and the riffs this is all done by different guys does it make for a cohesive album overall Danny or is this just a jarring experience for you with the production again it's again look the songs are put together well in a place I mean some of them are very generic like the um that was that bad so no rain no rainbow it's it's done well it's well written but it's a generic power ballad and I mean, they they do mix it up with the productions. Like they they put the different sounds of like industrial sounds in there and try to break it up with the different guitar sounds instead of drum sounds. But so they 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 try to use it um, use all the tools when they make the album. But it's just yeah. I mean, so there are, there are good parts about the production value, but at the same time, because there's so many different cooks, you, yeah, there really isn't a flow to the album. It sounds like it builds up to like track eight or so, then uh, track seven. And Seven's completely different. That's pretty much just a drum and bass song. Yeah. Track eight comes with just a nice ballad. Then after that, it just turns into like um, a wake album from Dream Theater. Or, so, or, yeah. yeah, to put what Daniel was saying, Super Metal Brother Dan is saying into perspective, Metal Resistance is almost more a compilation album than it is a sequel to some of the earlier work, almost you could argue. Yeah, that's true. And it's funny because the people who are writing for this are all these, these like hidden ghost, pretty much ghost writers. They actually are they actually are from their own bands but because their own bands are so uh, niche people don't really want to hear their stuff so these these bands uh, these uh, music, musos are writing stuff for Bay Metal so they can get their music out there and heard so yeah it's, it's almost a trade off isn't it like you mm. want to see these bands do well because you can hear some of these songs and the amount of work and love and dedication poured into it but to hear the final product you could almost imagine that it's a little soulless. It felt when I listened to some of these songs, it mm. felt a little empty, and it's because the original artist maybe didn't have a a, a, part, a part in it, or let's like you said, Danny, it is just thrown together. Yeah, I mean, again, good and bad things like everything. Good thing because you get that diversity, you get the nice sounds, you get all the different influences into the album. But at the same time, so well, it's hard to be a baby metal fan because you don't know what the next album is going to give you because you don't know if the same rise going to be there. Or with different people. So who, what, what are the songs going to be like? Yeah, for example, like you can listen to certain songs, and some of them are great. But then, for example, you hear songs like, um, uh, I think it's Award My Fever or something, and the mixing is so rough that the guitars are non-existent. But when the drum and bass come in, it over kills everything. So there's this problem where the album itself sounds, each track sounds a little different, but it doesn't sound like it's cohesive. It sounds like literally these are different songs of different albums sometimes. For good or worse, you know, I think as a metal fan, you'll get what you get out of it, but it is. To, to when I started getting into it a little bit more, it did put a lot of things in perspective and probably put a bit of a blemish on it for me. Mm. Yeah, very much. It's, yeah. I mean, it's good to have a band like this because it's just a unique sound and 
no one else is doing it. Probably no one's probably ever do it. So have have a band like this around. It's great, and it's also bridging the gap between pop culture, That's um, right. Asian uh, music, and Asian metal bands with uh, the Western side. So, yeah, I mean, what they're doing is good. It's just again, yeah, how how they're going to be in the next couple of albums. You don't, it's hard to see here how, what they can do. Yeah, Baby Metal for intents and purposes marketed brilliantly mm. with incredibly smart people behind them who are getting the biggest bands at the moment or the bands they see potential and putting them on the album to write songs for it. So well, let's hope all the best for those bands. Um, but in the yeah. end, Daniel, can you re- recommend this album? Uh, what would you say in final thoughts to Baby Metal? Look, Baby Metal, y- you have to listen to it and to say if you like it or not because, again... It's hard to say if if you can get over the vocals, then that's great because yeah. there, are, there are some great parts. The songs are have some great parts to them. Um, again, like we suggest, because there's so many different influences in there, you you probably won't like the whole album. You probably like certain tracks of the album. So look, I think I definitely give it a listen to it because it's just so different. And then go from there. I, I can understand why you probably won't like it, but definitely give it a listen to it. Yeah, well, at least you get to enjoy them on the final track, uh, singing in English. And for that, you get to hear World sung with like three R's and a V. You know, it's very cute and it's very uh, charming to hear. So there are some popular moments on this album. I would recommend it for uh, a kick. Maybe you're out on YouTube and check it out. Um, to see if you like it. If you're a if you're a progressive metal fan, however, I would say get give it a listen. But for everyone else, I would probably just maybe check out Rondo of Nightmare, and that's their best song for a metalhead to get into. And if that doesn't do it for you, I don't think much on this album will do it for you. Yep, fair enough. Yeah, I mean that, that that's pretty much it. Yeah, uh, uh, it depends what you like. Depends what you like. Give a listen to it. Well, there you go. So that's the Super Metal Brothers reviewing Baby Metal's Metal Resistance album. Um, again, it was a lot of fun doing this one. But to con- before we conclude this show, we've actually got some big news for the listeners, haven't we, Danny? This is exciting news. Um, we are actually going to be in dun, 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 Europe. That's right. Super Metal Brothers are invading Europe. We are checking out a festival in Belgium as well as the Juggernaut, the pioneering, the amazing Rainbow. If you haven't heard of Rainbow, Danny, who is Rainbow? Rainbow is the reason there is progressive rock slash metal. Yeah. And it's pretty much part of power metal as well. Is you could be kind of come back to Rainbow most because Dio's singing. And even when they went to the 80s, when they went more pop and stuff, they're yeah. singing. If you wanted to hear what Rio, Ronnie James Dio actually sounded like, then yeah. listen to Ronnie James Dio because no one yeah. can emulate Ronnie James Dio. Even the singer we're going to go check out can do a decent job, but there's just no there's no imitation. It's imitating a legend like that. Oh, it'd be great. We get a sim as well in Birmingham. So it's pretty much the birthplace of that whole rock metal scene in Europe where you had Motorhead and you had Black Sabbath and Deep Purple and, of course, Rainbow all came from there. So to see it in its birthplace would be quite a moment. And then we also go to Belgium where we're going to see the grass pop, 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 Yeah, pop. grass pop. Uh, guys, we're going to probably give you a detailed description of that. Hopefully in Europe, if we get a chance to do it, we're going to talk to you about the bands we're going to see there. We're going to be on the Friday and we're going to check out bands such as our favorite Flesh God Apocalypse as well as bands like Megadeth as well. Danny, yeah. it's going to be amazing. This crowd, I've never seen Megadeth. They always keep eluding Adelaide when they come. Then I keep eluding them, one of yeah. the two. And yeah. Even Black Sabbath, they're on the end of the night as well. So it, it is a pretty big um, festival. Three day, we only be there for the Friday. 
Um, we'll try to keep you guys updated on our Twitter page. Keep up on yep. that. Keep to Twitter and on Facebook. Come find us at Super Metal Bro. Uh, we couldn't take the bros. It was taken, unfortunately. Damn that person from wherever. But that's okay. Uh, thank you very much for listening tonight, guys. My name is Super Metal Brother Matt. And I'm Super Metal Brother Dan. And we will talk to you from Europe. So thanks for listening, guys. And we'll chat to you next week. Peace out, guys. <laughs> <laughs>